guys and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. We are on episode 59. I am joined this week by Rachel Smith. Remembered your surname this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while since we've kind of got you on. We're hitting some some decent numbers on episodes again now. We're getting getting that consistency back. So um, sometimes we will probably by the looks of Rachel's schedule sometimes we'll be recording on a Monday with yourself sometimes we'll be recording on a Thursday with Dan some weeks we'll do both and some weeks we'll do one like we'll just juggle things around until things settle down a little bit for yourself mate like we always want to uh, want to get you on board and it makes life a little bit easier for Dan as well because I know he sometimes struggles with the kids etc so how's life the uh, the move is fully done now i believe your gym's set up you've you've started coming kind of in your new role very very busy so do you want to give the listeners a bit of a, a rundown on what's been going on in the life of rachel yeah moved sorted thought i was loads of shit you know just crops up um still got bits to finish off i'm just looking at stuff that's just everywhere in the gym um but the important bit was still being able to sort of make calls with clients and you know when you've got to prioritize things so that was it um refining sort of the the coaching the sessions have been we'll start to run for coaches in uh, last one was in Stockport in July be, June before I got ill um and then obviously the NHS work that's just started with it being like a brand new role the actual content of it doesn't exist it's what I'm developing with the service um just to have greater support for pelvic health within the community so we're not just looking at pelvic health physios as in there's one for the trust which if you know Cheshire bloody massive and to have one pelvic health physio versus a team of MSK etc joint forces with occupational therapy um you know there's there's a lot to be done and what we're trying to look at there is actually putting some support out there which is in between appointments so it's a case of um, people get it's effectively like what I do in my own business so like the coaching side of things the education people able to address things with some knowledgeable support um, and I'm hugely hitting the ground with this from a movement breathing mechanics perspective as well um, especially off the back of COVID we know so many people who've had COVID that impacts sort of your breathing how your diaphragms work in your pelvic floor the amount of pressure that's going through the system and like myself loads of people suffering with long COVID which has in itself like a hell of a lot of issues um but I've got like sort of access to yeah Yeah. I've got access to a gym so that's where I'm going to be based as in I can all I all I need to do I say all it's kind of I've got to work within the NHS framework which is difficult for me because I'll always say with clients right I'm going to try this out do you consent to this if there's anything you tell me and I've got a lot of more freedom because my insurance covers me for what my qualification experiences where the NHS I'm kind of within that band three position and for all I can deliver a little bit more than what it may say within the role because it is sort of meeting the clients well the patient's needs should I say um it's still very much constrained to um basically in the NHS you can get sued whereas in my private practice what's more likely to happen is sort of a discussion. Can I have a quick call about things? Can we try things in a different way? It's much more adaptable and person-dependent because it is a one-to-one service. And it obviously runs very differently. But when I said to you before, um, I've got quite a few funny things on my desk at the minute. So I'm over here tonight. I've got bits of flooring to sort of 
so out in the corner and then I've got some work I need to record for clients so on my desk I've just got a little hacksaw hacksaw okay but I've also got this boy as well nice so um you know and then I've got a a little bit of this is definitely an episode (laughs) you should check out YouTube because I'm not going to describe what Rachel's just shown me on a video. You're going to have to go check out the YouTube video to see it. And we're at yeah. two minutes in. So it's not- <laughs> also got some Tiger Bomb, which would not be recommended as a lubricant to go with said item. But then I've also got behind me like my recording stuff. So I've got my ring light. And anybody walking in, you think there's like some horror porn that I'm filming here, which I'm not. Like that, that is oh, definitely own- not what I'm doing. <laughs> Setting up your own page. <laughs> yeah so obviously my my personal business is very different like I I wouldn't be taking this into work um, in my NHS role but it is relevant for like the type of work I do with clients where I'll um, kind of showcase use of dilators and not just for like a sexual purpose but if we're sort of looking at the um, confidence comfort sexual health um, any trauma things like that so yeah, but I've had a few new clients recently, which are more lifestyle-based coaching, which is great for me because I love, you know, it's it's day-to-day stuff. We sort of chip in, as you know, with your clients, like with the education around whatever they need. Um, but it, it's always nice to kind of not be down that rabbit hole constantly with these. But um, yeah. uh, it's probably a wrong, like, phrase to be using. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's on your desk, John? Anything as exciting as that? Uh, no, just a glass of juice. So I'm I'm back on diet now. Um, so I completed last Saturday. I think it was. No. Yeah. This last Saturday. Yeah. 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 Um, so back on to diet on Sunday. Last week, we bumped food up a little bit brought cardio down a little bit so I was doing like an hour every day for like the two or three weeks before competition just because I had I had what two three pounds to pull off in those last kind of in that last couple of weeks but now I've got uh, seven weeks from one show to the next so I've got six weeks basically to pull off some more body fat so I could go hell for leather and just be absolutely shredded when I kind of go in. However, I'll just be miserable. So it, it doesn't make sense to do that in terms of, am I going to push for a pro card this season? Probably not, because I'm, I'm not in a position to do so. Um, this is like the interim season. So my first one, I didn't do well. This one's now laying the groundwork to show that I've got a decent structure. Um, I can get in shape and because I've got a decent structure and I can get in shape, I, I draw eyes. It's just now taking it to that next level where I'll actually be competitive with those top guys. So it's it's that step up from going being in the mix to kind of get a third place to wanting to go and push for first place finishes and go to kind of like overall. So that's what we're looking at kind of like the next time yeah. around that I compete in a couple. Because you you mentioned it was just as like when you sent the photos over to sort of the admin mod team, um, the guy who plays first, and we were like, fucking hell, the amount of dense tissue on him for a nutty, wow, like and absolutely the, unreal. And the thing is, the pictures don't even do him justice. Like Natalie's over here shaking and shaking her head. He was like. <laughs> 
we saw him getting tanned backstage and I was just like, he's won. <laughs> won this class. Like, sometimes you'll just look at someone and go, he's what, five, six kilos? He looks five, six kilos heavier. He was dense. He was conditioned. Like, there, there was even second place wasn't even kind of like anywhere close. Yeah. Even if he was a terrible poser, he would have probably been in 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 first place. And it's sometimes hard to tell from photos that like that density. Now, if he goes to that national level, there'll be other guys up there that are kind of at that sort of like thickness and stuff. And I think a lot of there's a lot of self-limiting beliefs in natural bodybuilding because people think that they can't achieve something they then look at someone like that and go well because I can't achieve it that guy must be on steroids yeah not thinking about right the genetics like they're not thinking about the fact that he might have been lifting weights for 10 years by the time he hit 25 he might start when he was 15 like there's lots of kind of different factors that are kind of that are involved in that and I've really really enjoyed this kind of past like 18 months or so of really kind of getting into the nitty-gritty and really what's the word um taking all the factors into consideration like the first time I competed did I optimize my sleep probably not we had a less than one year old like was I optimizing my um fluid intake was I looking at the supplementation there's lots and lots of these little factors these little one percents when you want to compete kind of that at that level that I was never kind of taken into account before and what that allows me to do is I can filter that information and who I am as an athlete and who I am as a coach are completely different. Like I wouldn't expect my clients to do half the stuff that I do. However, if they're saying to me, right, I want to drop 10 kilos in 12 weeks. It's like, okay, we can do that. However, these are the things you've got to look at in order to be able to do that. Whereas if somebody wants to come in a little bit slower and do half that it's like okay we can do that a lot more flexibly you don't have to worry about like your meal timings you don't have to worry about um your peri-workout nutrition and it's like we were saying with your um what was your friend that came on the other day uh rich yeah rich so rich was saying about how a lot of people like focus on the tiny percentiles rather than the big things but seven out of ten of my clients that come through it's like right here's your calories here's your protein fall somewhere in between the two of those like that that's the level of complexity you need to take to and when you then get stuck then we will build on top of that we'll build that layer of complexity on top of it if you can't track your food and stay under a calories target there's no point in me talking to you about peri-workout nutrition and how you need to write take that carbohydrate score take 50% of it and that wants to be around your workout so that 50% yeah. into three you want easy to digest carbs with some easy to digest protein about an hour before you're going to have this supplement intra workout and this post-workout because people are just going to be like what like yeah it's a continuum isn't it it's like the continuum of like expectation versus a continuum of what is necessary because if your goals require that nth degree, 
you have to progress along that continuum, ticking those boxes. And like you just explained, that's what you did. But I remember when I first started as PT, working in the gym group in um, Lewisham, and one of my first clients um, come to me and she was like, show me a photo of um, probably Paige Hathaway or someone, you know. Like, oh, yeah. The one you want to look at, yeah. <laughs> um, and she was like, right, I want to look like that. Um, how long is it going to take? And I was like, okay, tell me what you think. And she was like, well, maybe if I come in and train with you once a week and then you can tell me what to do and I'll come in once or twice. I was like, okay. And I was like, what about your food? She was like, well, if you just tell me what to eat and then I'll just eat it. And I was like, right, okay. So what do you do exercise-wise at the minute? She was like, I sometimes go to Zumba. Um, and then I was like, okay, anything else? She was like, not really. I get the bus to work and then works like one bus stop away, Walkman. Um, and I go out because I was like, what, what's your social life like? What do you enjoy doing? She's like, I go out with work at least once a week out on the weekend. And I was like, well, what, what about your food? Um, and she's like, oh, I normally pick something up. So Subway, Greg's on the way. And then like listing all these things. And I was like, right, your expectation doesn't match with where you are now. So if I throw everything at you, you're literally going to shit your pants and just walk away. And that's, again, what we'll, we'll always come to where it's like, are you kind of expecting too much of yourself for the starting point you're at? Or are you prepared to fully change because you have a certain specific goal. So it might be like a wedding. It might be you want to step on stage in however long, but there's still the processes of everything you need to go through because it, it's just going to be overwhelm and you're not, going to, you're not going to see the progress that you're expecting to see because everybody you follow on Instagram, I think that was like when everyone first, like it was like fitness time, wasn't it? It was like however yeah. many years ago. And um, everyone's always in shape and they're always eating like, post-workout having cheat meals because obviously that was the terminology that was thrown at them then and I was just like okay I'm just going to break it down for you and all I'm going to say is before I don't want to take any money if you're anything you're a member of this gym you're here at whatever time of day four days out of the week get to this class and come and do this well I think I did like a strength and conditioning or there was like a body pump or something class and I was like just start to move and train and enjoy and find out what you want to do and then maybe a couple of days a week, just start to make your lunch and go to for work. Um, that was probably enough to get things moving. Yeah, but then she decided she didn't like it and then she stopped actually going to the gym. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, at yeah. least, you know, like there'll be people who will sell the dream, sell the package. And I'm like, there's far too much bullshit out there. It's well, the same like, oh. Is, is that person's goals up here, their lifestyle's down here. And they don't understand because all they see on Instagram, as you said, is right. them training every now and again and then eating cheat meals all the time because that's what gets likes. That's what gets attention. They don't see that Paige Hathaway's like other 80% of her food is very, very clean and regimented. She's doing a minimum of 15,000 steps a day. Um, whatever. Don, you're on mute. There we go. Back. <laughs> yeah. Internet around here is really dodged. I'm on my phone. I was like, so. are you there? <clears throat> what I was going to say. Um, yeah, so her expectations of her goals are up here because that's what she's seen on Instagram. She's not actually seen the lifestyle or prepared to take on the lifestyle that it takes to have those results. 
I think go back 10 years and as you said social media set a lot of unrealistic expectations however people can see through the bullshit now so you've got more and more I'm going to call them influencers but I call them but they're, they're being more real they're showing yeah. actually this is the lifestyle that I lead like the most popular videos of the bodybuilders that I follow now are like a day in the life of so you actually mm. see right these are their meals they're eating if they're on the road they're taking their Tupperware kind of like with them you get to see what they're eating you get to see what their day looks like they wake up at five like um I think Coop is it Kuba? I can't remember what his surname is. Owns Ultraflex in uh, Rotherham. He's been doing a load of like day in the life of in his prep. And like that guy is an absolute machine. Like wakes up, goes to bed at like half past eight at night, wakes up at five o'clock in the morning. He's got all his check-ins done by like, like 9 a.m. Then gets out, goes to meetings, goes and trains. And it's like people see... Right, Kubo, he's like a world-class bodybuilder. He owns one of the best gyms in the country. I want that. Or if you ask them to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, they're not prepared to do that. So they, they want the results without yeah. the things you've got to put in place in order to get those. Yeah. I think just off the back of what you're saying, then obviously there's a lot of day in the life where before it was very much highlights reel and not showing what they had to do to get to where they did. Yeah. But um, so I'll follow, still kind of follow or stay sort of in touch with um, like female bodybuilders or like sort of be like, um, like athletic figure, bikini, etc. And the big thing that's kind of come out from now, isn't there? those competing, they're gone. Sorry, I was just getting the, the chart. Sorry. I was saying about this before you had like one class, whereas now there's bikini there's figure there's athletic toned there's but they've got trained trained there's oh what is it there's another one and then there's bodybuilding there's like that yeah there's like it's a it's in between what's it called wellness Uh, yeah yeah Um, they're a bit fluffier up top but they've just got massive glutes and yeah but uh, what was what was on about with those um those who competed then a lot of the females have come out to compete and they've opened up and been honest and gone into coaching people with disordered eating because they at the time they were doing all the things they needed to staying so rigid and then either staying really sort of small and not pushing the calories to build in the off season or then going completely the other way and not knowing how to handle it because they've restricted for so long because the coaching that they've had hasn't been like sufficiently acknowledging of like the psychology behind everything so they've gone kind of down that route which is really interesting for me to see because obviously I experienced a lot of that myself but had nowhere to kind of go and it was just like okay Rachel sort yourself out um so it's good that I feel like if you are going into sport now there's a lot more understanding and holistic support instead of this is where you are this these are the foods you can only eat these are your, this is your fish, this is your ice cakes, and do more cardio. Um, like everything. Yeah. Eat less food, do more cardio. Come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I, I feel like that, like now, compared to, if you think like 10 years ago, is not a long time in the grand scheme of things, but there's been significant changes in terms of athlete wellness. And I think I'd shared with you and Don a lot that had gone on with um, 
sort of the really popular American coach Shelby Starnes and what yeah. the protocols he put some of his athletes on um, who've had you know, something lost their lives. Died. Yeah. yeah, and it all came off the back. Yeah. So there's been a lot of people speaking out. So I just feel as though it's a, it's a better arena to be in in terms of being looked after and knowing what to ask question-wise to a potential coach, not yeah. thinking this is the way it has to be done. So there's, there's been a lot of good change in the sport, I feel. I just yeah. wish it had kind of been there when I cut into things, but hey-ho. One of those things is it's a progression, isn't it? So obviously bodybuilding was a very niche sport over the past. Because of social media, it's become mainstream because it's been tagged on to health. Yeah. Even though, actually, if you ask any bodybuilder ever that's ever competed, like, they as a population are not healthy. Not healthy. That lean, it's not healthy whatsoever. Yeah. But then you look at strongman, and that's the opposite end of the scale in terms of health. And it's like, you know, there's always going to be that fine line. And I know a lot of the, the good strongman coaches now really push kind of the health protocols and education around PED use yeah. and also just in terms of actually having some level of fitness, not just a massive gut yeah. sort of to, to assist with everything, but yeah. That is good. Right. Um, we've got some questions. I literally just lost the box. Um, there it is. So... We moved away from doing like Q&As because we were doing them every week. Uh, but I think actually it's really engaging for the community. So we're going to bring these back at least once a month. Um, if I can figure out how to do a live where I can invite you on and it be on my laptop, uh, I'd like to do them live within the groups. I think that would be really engaging. But yeah. I need to figure out how to do that first. Um, so from Home Gym Community, which is Jay, our illustrious leader, uh, what encourages you to help people achieve their goals? So I would read that as like, why did you become, why did you become a personal trainer? Am I going first? I'll let you go first. Oh, thanks. Um, I think because of my own experience the things I'd struggled with some from like a health and a weight loss perspective to then doing it the wrong way but paying a coach and sort of getting the education that I thought was getting to then end up with you know the other side of the scale really disordered eating too scared to do anything not having any support um because of the lack of assessment on me that's how I got um labrum tears and dis uh, grade three ACL separation and I just thought this is it this is what I want to be doing as a career obviously moving away from education and this is what people need help with because that one coach is one coach in a gym but there's obviously going to be more like him and I was like the standard of qualification and especially like he was an older coach as well um you know are they, like when I know like when it's equivalent sitting your driving test and then being able to drive for the next 50 years. And hopefully you won't get caught up along the way doing any sort of damage. But you'll probably speed. You're probably this, that and the other. And just to hope that it doesn't kind of impact on anyone's life. And I just had such a poor experience in myself. And I was like, I kind of need a big part of learning more myself to be able to help people more with that. Because I didn't have any anyone that helped me with 
the initial rehabilitation or the initial assessment, he should have spotted this in me because he's a trained professional, apparently. And then with the food side of things, again, there wasn't any support out there for me. I was just like, okay, what, what am I going to do? I need to get my health back. I need to sort of get my menstrual cycle back. It'd been 18, 19 months. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to have to do what I don't want to do, which is put on more body fat and just get myself into a mentally better place with food. Um, not overeat, but eat more than, but probably like bulk and calories as such, just to get my body into a state where it wasn't fighting against itself, where I wasn't losing any hair, where my sleep was regular, where I felt like good because I'd lost what the feeling of good was like for so long. And I was just like, I'd, I'd gone, like I mentioned before, from one extreme to another. And I was just like, I fucking lost myself here. So I was like, if I can be part of helping people achieve what they want to in a safer, healthier way, which is congruent with their sort of their lifestyle, their level of knowledge and where they want to go, then that's the route I want to go down. Um, and then sort of later on with sort of my disc herniations and being offered surgery and then working with um, Andy Berry and then Chris Knott and then with Dan for a little bit, um, sort of with a relapse. It was the case of, I just want to know more because if I can help somebody else avoid surgery when they're sort of in the late 20s, early 30s, and live a better quality of life and then same with the pelvic health side of things for me it's all about going back to like the health like we're in a health industry at the end of the day for all it doesn't always appear that way because of the things that are kind of purported and pushed upon us our job is to help people live a healthier better quality of life so that it will always come back down to that for me and if I get a client who will approach me who wants to lose weight even if they are overweight, but they're not in a mentally healthy place for that, then that's what we have to work on first. Or if they want to diet and they've got some level of rehabilitation they need to use, we know that they need the nutrients and the calories to support that rehabilitation and taken away from that is just going to either prolong things or just lead to further injury because of the impact on the body's nervous system as well. 100%. Um... What about you? I think for me is when I was like 15, I watched, I think it was 300 or something like that. And there was all those jack dudes in there. And I decided around that point that I wanted to be involved within the fitness industry. Just didn't know, didn't know what I was going to look like. And then I saw a pizza, I saw a personal trainer on telly and it looked like a cool job. So I decided that about 15, I was going to be a personal trainer I think in the last five years or so, it's been, in terms of why I want to help people achieve their goals is I want to be the coach I wish I had at, yeah. in my late teens, early 20s, because I probably, so I went to university, got my sports science degree, hit the ground run as a personal trainer, thought I was the dog's bollocks by the time I was like 22 I knew everything I didn't need to learn from anyone I can just figure all this out on my own I can read books I can read articles it's fine I probably wasted the years of being between 22 and 26 I think I was 26 when I hired my first coach 
and I've progressed more. So I started lifting weights when I was 13. So I've progressed more in the past like four years of being coached because I've been able to narrow that and go, this is the goal and this is what I need to do rather than the 13 years before that, trying to like figure it out on my own. So have you never had a coach before? Not a, not a weight training coach. So I'd had rugby coaches, um, but that's about it. Like in terms of like resistance training, it was all articles that I'd found online. It was programs that I found online. It was programs that I bought online. So I spent like, I think I never spent more than like 50 quid on like a program. And then when Willow was born, I stopped playing rugby. So then I didn't like have a, a goal to train for. So because of that, I just kind of like floated around. Like I kind of wanted to get into bodybuilding, but I wasn't quite sure. Bought like an influencer. So I, uh, what's his name? Um, Dickerson Ross. Can you remember him? Or Ross Dickerson. He's a men's physique like model, genetic, absolute genetic freak. Um, clearly on juice, but... I found his videos on YouTube funny. I spent about 50 quid on his on his bulking program, ran that and just got fat because <laughs> it, it's not it's not tailored. It's not what I kind of needed to know. Even with my first coach, I didn't go with this. I went with a guy I knew that I got good results, but he wasn't a natural bodybuilding coach, which is what I needed. So we did OK, but I think he was more used to coaching assisted guys. So like my recomp I think we ran my initial dieting phase for too long my off season I wasn't like looked after well enough like the whole bulking phase wasn't explained to me properly about what we're trying to do here we're trying to push calories up so you need to be keeping to this food you need to be pushing your food you need yeah. to be pushing your training to your absolute max yeah food is turned into new muscle which then meant I spent what two or three months just basically spinning the wheels because I hadn't really put on that much muscle mass if you look from like my initial recomp to then the end of my building phase and my calories were probably only at 2700 and then I went into a 13 week prep where I was dropping a kilo a kilo and a half a week so I was probably sacrificing quite a lot of muscle mass because of how the starting point. Yeah. Whereas the second time I got a coach, I did my research. Like I knew from different podcasts and stuff that I'd listened to that actually, if I wanted to give my coach a good shot at doing the best we could to get on stage, that they needed a minimum of 12 months. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really big thing there, though, because a lot of people are like, right, I want to step on stage in four months' time. I wouldn't start working with someone. It's like, Right, we need to look at the whole picture. It's like your whole meso macro cycles. It's like you need to look at sort of training wise where you are now and what you look like now based on that, what your nutrition intake is based on that, because you need to be at a good starting point at the end of your bulk, not not kind of always worrying about, well, we can't pull any more calories because you're absolutely fucked anyway. So just do more cardio because I've been through that myself and it's like, You've got nowhere to go. You sit sat on 900 calories doing two and a half hours of cardio and an hour training a day. To and start with, you don't have 
the time for it. And secondly, your body is not going to be responsive to anything because it's in that such a like fight flight mode constantly. So the difference between like my building phase this time and last time is like my mini cut was six weeks, but we were very aggressive with it. So we pulled off five or six kilos in six weeks, but it was explained to me, this is going to be aggressive. This is going to be uncomfortable. We're doing this to get you back into a building phase quicker. Okay. Because that's explained to me, I'll I'll accept it. Mm -hmm. Then went into a building phase where it's explained, look, we want to push your food up high. I want to get food to where it's uncomfortable, but your weight is stabilized at that. Like I got to my heaviest of like 83 kilos, which is the most I've like ever weighed. He's eating 4,000 calories a day. But I've dieted for 30 weeks and only in the last three weeks have my calories come under 2,000 calories. Whereas I spent like six weeks at under 2,000 calories in my last prep. So Mm -hmm. It's, it's just one of those things where, like, for me, why I want to help people is I know that there are some poor quality coaches out there. My previous coach wasn't a poor quality coach, by the way. He was just not the right coach for yeah. me. I've seen he gets amazing results in the program that he does now, but he's that's not what my goals were, weren't the speciality that he does. He's much better at what he's doing, and I wish him all the luck in the world but like working with jake for this past like 12 uh how many months was what 14 months it's been one of those things where it's like okay when you get a coach that knows their speciality inside and out they will get you from point a to point b really yeah but he he now knows your body as well he's helped you understand it but you're then you know when we talk about things like okay you're not going to have to do this type of um like a water cut or anything going in he doesn't want to do like a backload a car backload or anything because he's seen how your body's responded in the past and that's what you need so expecting somebody to give you everything you want within four months when they don't know your body and you haven't got a clue is it's expecting a lot and it it is quite unfair if one if they sell you that and two if you believe that that's possible as well so it's always going in with kind of that like questionable attitude as in don't expect to get where you want to really quickly unless you're willing and you can sacrifice sort of either sleep calories or muscle yeah yeah i think that about covers that question so uh curry have you cut your grass yet i think this is in reference to my last check-in photos where my grass is really long I didn't cut it, the missus cut it, which was great. Um, so yeah, the grass has been cut. Uh, it was something to do with grass seed being down or something that we couldn't cut it. But yeah, it's been cut now. So it looks semi-okay, except for all the patches where the dogweeds killed the grass. So if anybody knows, we've tried the Epsom salts thing, doesn't work, and we put grass seed down and it just doesn't seem to now grow where it's dead. So there's big patches in the lawn and it really irritates me. That's why I don't like cutting the grass back there. So Pete Bullard, DJ, what is your next uh, garage gym upgrade? Uh, now that it is a justified financially to the family by your recent success on stage, all my garage purchases are justified to the family. I'm a self-employed personal trainer. So tax deduction, there we go. Um, for me, I'm now looking for either some jammer arms that will fit on the M3 rack from Mirafit, which are quite hard to find. Um, apparently Mirafit are bringing some out, but I may just have to go to a fabricator when I eventually decide to make that investment. Or 
I'm going to upgrade and well, or I'm upgrading my incline bench. So I've got a very, very questionable uh, Marcy incline bench at the moment. So I need to spend a bit more money on something that's a little bit more secure, especially when I go back into a building phase and I'm going to have like 40s and 45s above my face. Last thing I need is that bench falling apart behind me. You could have got about 500 quid for that like 18 months ago. I know. If there's another lockdown, it's, it's heading on my place. Um, Rachel said she was moving in the last pod. So what is her new home training setup going to include? So I think you've gone for, you've got your setup basically in your office. That's like your home gym, isn't it? Yeah, it's like kind of, that is my home gym because this is obviously where I try and train. It's a shithole at the minute. Um, <coughs> but like I said, my training because of long COVID side of everything has been very minimal and focus on kind of recovery and anything um everything like that but one of the things i want to get <laughs> that i need is a reverse hyper but it's the obviously it's a rogue one that i'm after because it's easy to store there's been a few other ones advertised but it is just like that um the footprint isn't it so that's the only other thing i want to add here um but i've just sort of downsized everything so i've got like single stack cable which did it the one thing i did add was smith machine and i know like dan was like what do you get the smith machine for but in terms of rehab it's a beaut like that served me really really well just in terms of um the things that i've implemented over the sort of past 12 or 18 months especially for my hypermobile clients as well because it's given you a fixed plane and you can't really deviate once you find where you should be um it, it did work a treat but like i said i haven't got back up and well, I haven't set up any like in-person training here yet. That might come, but obviously life is a little bit all over the place at the minute. Um, but yeah, this is like a, January, I'm assuming. Yeah, probably. But this is like two officers that have like knocked through. But other than when the band is here playing, um, like there's no one here on the night time, but that fucking band, like they're all right, but everything in this room just vibrates because it's pure metal. Yeah. So, Tony Maxwell, why can you drink drink but you don't food food? <laughs> that's a question. Um, that's a question for an English like major, isn't it? Not even yeah. that. That's an American term, but yeah. Because uh, food drink is a verb as in to drink, whereas you can't to food, the verb is eat. So food is obviously the, the description of what the thing is in terms of the drink is as well. Yeah, sort of just sort of in terms of the action, the active part of it. Yeah, so it's basically the English language is really fucking complicated and has loads of rules, but then loads of exceptions to rules. So it's like I before E except after C, except for all these exceptions so yeah, yeah and like the way you can read the same word in three different ways like the word red r-e-a-d yeah yeah so yeah basically english is a very flawed language um a bit of a classic question but the answers are so contradictory all over the internet can you build muscle while losing fat naturally he's put okay james sergeant we, I think we've covered this one before. I'm sure we have. Maybe it was on something else. Maybe it was in one of the groups. I can't remember. So 
there, there is a lot of contradictory, contradictory research out there and a, a lot of it depends on kind of personal investment and which kind of camp you're based in. Um, I have found it's a possibility, especially with people who are de very detrained coming back from significant injury or are kind of brand new to training. That's a possibility because you've got such muscle stimulus that the body hasn't had before um, and provide you kind of play around with calories to suit them. It's possible. There is some evidence to prove that you can still do it as you're sort of a more experienced athlete. But I'm very much on the fence with it because of the amount of stimulus you would actually need in order to grow muscle. And then that will come back to um, sort of taking care of your calories. And that's when things like being on point with your sleep, with sort of your inter-workout, your, your post-workout is going to be kind of the line between this happening and not happening. But again, I'm very much on the fence with it. And it, some people, it may work genetically. You may be responsive. Other people like myself, who, when you're losing fat, fucking nightmare, um, doesn't work. What's your experience like personally and with clients? So I'm very much a believer in, yes, it is possible to do. Do you lose them at the same rate? So this is where people are like, I'm not losing weight. I must be building muscle and burning fat at the same time. No, that doesn't happen. Like you will burn fat a lot faster than you will build muscle. However, there are three instances, like Rachel said, where you can build muscle and burn fat at a fairly similar rate. One, when you are a complete newbie to the gym. So if you have never trained before, that first year, you are going to make amazing gains in terms of muscle mass coming on. And it may even come on as quickly as it comes off. However, you will probably still lose weight um, just because, the, as I said, the fat will tend to come off faster than the muscle building. The second time, as Rachel again said, was um, coming back from an injury. If you're in a detrained state, you will put on muscle really, really quickly. Um, basically, your body remembers like regaining tissue better than it does building new tissue. So if you were big once, it'll be easier to get back to that size than to get there initially. The other instance that I've uh, seen is when you have a complete change of stimulus. So say, for example, if a power lifter is doing like the 531 program or something where it is very high intensity, very low volume, they suddenly go to a medium intensity, high volume program, that stimulus is going to be so novel that their body is going to respond like it would if it was a, if it was new, because the stimulus is completely new and it's a complete shock to the system. If you are wanting to do that, what you would want to do is you'd want to run your calories about maintenance and it's a process called gain-taining, which is where you're trying to manage that equilibrium of being around maintenance while building new tissue. It's very, very hard to do, if I'm being honest. And it's one of those things, how much progress you'd make in, say, six months, like gain-taining. Like, if you took that over a year, you might be better off going into a surplus for a period of, say, six months, doing a mini cut of, say, six weeks, and then going into a surplus again for another four months, 
over that period of time for the amount of tissue that you will gain compared to trying to do like a gain-taining phase where you'll put on a very, very small amount of muscle tissue. The body does not want to lay down new muscle if calories are only just in a kind of like a surplus. So if I'm saying to somebody that they want to go to like a building phase, a good kind of weight to like be aiming for is somewhere between like the pet for men somewhere between like one to one and a half kilos a month is what you'd call like a lean bulk where you're not putting on like too much fat however depending on your training age is all going to determine like how much of a percentage of that is muscle and how much of it is fat um basically if you want to put on a lot of muscle you've just got to get used to being a bit fluffy and get used to dieting and dieting quickly like if you want to build a lot of muscle tissue, you, you've got to be able to diet and mentally handle dieting because you have to go through those phases of being heavier and then those phases of being lighter as well. You just, you can't, unless you're going to jump on juice, you can't be shredded, adding muscle like all year round. It just, it just doesn't work. The human body doesn't work that way. I think that about covers that one. Yeah. Um, who, last question, who is the best Marvel superhero and why? You, okay, you're gonna fucking hate me. I, I, I am one of those weird people who doesn't watch TV and doesn't watch films. Like, I'm probably you'd be like you're a geek, and like I read, I listen to podcasts, I train. That's my stuff. Soz, I'm out. <laughs> that's okay. The best Marvel superhero, in my opinion, um, I love Blade. And they're bringing him into the MCU, like the extended universe. So I put under this, like, um, is this the MCU is in the films or like everything that's kind of been built around it? So, yeah, they're bringing back Blade. I think they're going to do it in, what are they in now, phase five or whatever it is. Um, yeah, Blade's probably my favourite. Wesley Snipes as Blade in like the early, what, mid-90s, early 2000s, like... That, that was ridiculous. I just remember watching, I remember staying up late and watching five because we only had like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Um, and like five was the only channel that would have like, like the Blade movies or like the Matrix or stuff like that. You had to stay up till like 10 o'clock at night while you um, have your little telly on upstairs that you just switch off as you heard your parents kind of coming up to bed. <laughs> so... That covers it for the questions. Um, which was taken out of my opinion based on all I've read and let's do voluntary convinced. Okay. Um, James just replied. So yeah, I think that about covers it. Um, it was great to have a bit of a catch up with you, Rach. As I said, we'll we'll bring these QA sessions back uh, more. Where can the guys find you um, in terms of your content? Where are you hanging out these days? Is it still just the gram? Yeah, just Instagram, rs underscore strength underscore coach, because my website hasn't been sorted out yet. And Facebook, yeah, I don't really use Facebook. I don't really use social media that much. <clears throat> I'm just shit. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it is at... I mean, this is what I'm too busy doing. That's a problem. <laughs> that and this. Siege PT on Instagram and facebook and if you've made it all the way to the end of this 
make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. All these podcasts go onto YouTube and sometimes there's some great content like what Rachel's put up today um, that you will only get on YouTube. So I want, and when I get to 100 subscribers, I can change the YouTube URL to be the Garage Athlete Show so people can find it. At the moment, it's like, DJ Sweets 1991, which is my, my game. Is it like your, like your MSN name when you used to like no, log it's on? My, um, it's my Xbox gamer tag. Wow. So, yeah, because my because my email address is linked to my Xbox, for some reason it's pulled that gamer tag through as my username. I have no idea why. Um, so, yeah. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Like <laughs> my, my email address when I was 13 was the Afro 13 because I used to have a big Afro at school. So, um, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. When we hit 100 subscribers, we will, I don't know, I might do a competition or something. We get a big surge. But, yeah. I'll give some prizes away. <laughs> <laughs> For our one female listener. <laughs> the men can treat the ladies in their life. Who knows? Fair enough. Right. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, Rach, and I will catch up with you again soon. You too. Cheers, John. Bye. Bye for now.